Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. With your chance to be heard, give your opinion, bash on the liberals, even make fun of the wacky left. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 949, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Thank you for tuning in. 908 on KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin. It is Open Line Friday. We'll be taking your calls. 673-5890. I can take texts as well. 435-467-5842. You can email me agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. A couple of fun topics to talk about today. Interesting things. Uh, I had an experience the other day at the at the baseball tournament doing a broadcast and somebody uh, <laughs> somebody criticized me about something. Used to being criticized, but I thought it was unwarranted criticism. Talk about that in a couple of minutes. Also, are UFOs going mainstream? Well, yeah, actually, they are. Um, the government is finally acknowledging that there are a whole bunch of very, very compelling and unexplained videos from their own, from you know, Navy pilots, from ship captains uh, that uh, from the U.S. Navy, uh, from uh, you know, people that aren't crazy, aren't imagining things, aren't uh, wacky. You know, every morning I get to listen to uh, the Coast to Coast program. I listen to about an hour. I drive in and I'm prepping for the day and stuff. And sometimes on Coast to Coast with George George Norrie, it's on our on our station here. Sometimes you're like, ah, come on now. You know, and out of body experience and some of those things I'm a little skeptical about. But more and more, these UFO sightings, these videos, these these uh, eyewitness things are. I mean, he had a guy on today, a physicist, a Princeton and MIT trained physicist, talking about some paranormal stuff. And uh, there's only so you can only so often go. yeah, that guy's crazy. Or he's he's nuts. Or that, they, they're making that up. Or they're trying to fool people. And and with the latest UFO evidence, and we'll talk about where it's gone and where it's going. Uh, but I can tell you this: uh, it's going to the highest part of government, and people, Americans, want to know the truth. And I think we deserve the truth. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, right now, though, I want to play. Got a little segment from Mike Lee from yesterday. I had a chance to talk with Mike Lee, U.S. Senator representing the state of Utah. A little five-minute segment here. Here's Mike. Watch out for Hot Mike 751 on KDXU. Andy Griffin with you, with me live is Mike Lee, U.S. Senator. Mike, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Good to be with you as always. You know, hot in the news right now is something called critical race theory. I did, I tried to explain it on my show the other day, and maybe you can give us a, a, a senator's perspective on what that means and, and what, what's going to happen with it. Well, look, uh, there are ways of talking about difficult chapters in U.S. history and in world history, difficult uh, topics in the field of interpersonal relations and psychology. I don't know that it's helpful for us to focus obsessively um, uh, on on race or on casting our founding fathers as bad people, uh, even though some of the negation practices or uh, uttered sentences that today would, we would regard as abhorrent. Um, casting them aside and viewing everything through the lens of racism with an eye toward 
casting America as a fundamentally racist nation won't help heal those wounds, and it could be worse. Mike, I, I did a, a baseball game the other day, and uh, one of the teams had a, a hitter, a, a really fast, short kid, I think probably five, six, and, and but definitely one of the fastest people out there. And uh, he happened to be African-American. I said during the broadcast, I said, uh, he's like a little skeeter bug, you know, because he was so fast. I don't know if you know, it's, you know, those things that skitter along the surface of the water. And I actually had somebody come up to me after the game and said, well, that was pretty racist. And I said, what do you mean that was racist? And they said, well, you called that black kid a skeeter bug. I said, what, what does that have to do with race? Why are we so sensitive? Why are we so weird right now in this country, Mike? Yeah, gosh, that's, that's, uh, that's a new one. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't heard uh, that particular one. Um, I, I think sometimes it's important for us to step back and remember it's important to be kind to every person. And uh, to be sensitive of their needs, I think it's also important for us not to look for uh, opportunities to cast others as villains where uh, there's no need. And so um, if uh, in reference to something happening in a, in a baseball game, you make a, 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 a comment that would have been applicable to any person regardless of their background, right. that shouldn't necessarily result in an accusation. Uh, against you, but I, yeah, I wasn't familiar with that term. Do you do you have to? Uh, I, I know you do, but this is kind of a rhetorical question. Choose your words wisely as a public figure, like you are. Are are there times where you've actually sat there and edited yourself as you're speaking, going, "Okay, I got to be careful. I can't see this, and I can't see this because somebody's going to be offended." Oh, of course, of course, every day, and that it doesn't mean that I can get to the point where no one's offended. I once had a professor who explained you have to assume anytime you're speaking in public that you will be offending someone. And so uh, the important point is, is to uh, uh, not needlessly uh, offend anyone and to offend as few people as possible and to uh, avoid making mistakes that will be hurtful. But yeah, as someone who speaks in public on a regular basis, um, but you know, I constantly edit my own words, uh, sometimes in real time, even if I've prepared something earlier, if it occurs to me that I might be offending someone. doesn't mean that I get it right every time. Kind of makes it hard to talk in public sometimes if you have to mm-hmm. be careful with every little every little thing you say. Uh, down here in southern Utah, we are uh, we're, we're dealing with some cancel culture type stuff ourselves. They're trying to eliminate the name Dixie from Dixie State University. Some people say that Dixie is a connotation to slavery and therefore is racist. I don't know. I mean, this is not your fight, obviously, Mike, but uh, I, I think it's really interesting the backlash the university has gotten from this community uh, when they came out with the idea that they were going to change name do you have any thought on that yeah so i was i was a little surprised especially given that um it doesn't to my knowledge refer to uh anything with a charged history right in in our state it's you know this is not my area of expertise i'm a i'm a federal lawmaker not a state lawmaker so yeah uh, it's it's not my uh job to uh, assign the name to any school run by the state of Utah and St. George or otherwise. But yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that one because I, I, I didn't think that had any connotations that people would find offensive. Uh, apparently some do. I, I, I'm not sure what the status of that decision is or where it will go. Yeah. Still up in the air, but I, I can tell you this, the community is, is not thrilled. Um, 
As, as we go back to critical race theory, I, I think one of the things that really strikes me, and, and maybe you can agree or disagree on this, but uh, Martin Luther King, in my mind, was the greatest civil rights leader uh, in the history of our country. And one of the things that he said was uh, there should come a time when we're judged on the content of our character and not the color of our skin. Critical race theory actually seems to highlight the color of skin, uh, exactly opposite of what Dr. King was saying. Yes, exactly. And this is what I was describing earlier. I think it's unhealthy and counterproductive toward that goal uh, to to focus obsessively on uh, the color of someone's skin. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's unhelpful either to assign guilt, blame, virtue, vice, uh, any categorical judgment against a person or a group of people based on skin color is something that Dr. King found abhorrent and so should all of us absolutely very well said thank you mike always great to talk to you today thanks for spending a few minutes with us it was a mike lee my conversation with him yesterday uh it's refreshing just hearing what he has to say it's funny because I, I i i sit there and you know i could do, i could use that soundbite from him and and play it in a promotion or i can play and every time somebody makes some sort of weird argument about about race or whatever the topic it is we're talking about i just play mike lee and say hey here listen to this and get them to keep their mouth shut. It, it wouldn't work, but uh, it's still pretty cool. Uh, in reference to that uh, that uh, comment I made during a baseball game, I called, again, a very speedy player for one of our local teams. I called him a skeeter bug. I said he's, no, I said he's like a skeeter bug. Now, if you've been out in the country at all, you've, you've been in a pond, you've seen those little, those little bugs that scoot across the surface of the water, and they're really fast, and they, they zip around really fast. Uh, and I called uh, this player that because, I, as a compliment, I thought it was really cool that he was so quick and he could get around. He happened to be African-American. I had somebody say, oh, that was kind of racist. I, I, I say hogwash to them. Uh, I've said it about over the years, uh, over the last 30 years of broadcasting, I've said it probably about, uh, said that about uh, 100 different guys. And uh, probably 99 of them or 98 of them were not African-American. They were, you know, a, of a different racial construct and so for whoever that was and i didn't know the person that said this but whoever it was who said that well that was kind of racist i say uh, baloney it wasn't race. has nothing to do with race had to do with the fact and it was a compliment that this hap- this particular player happened to be uh, really fast really quick and in getting the job done so uh, by the way real quickly the uh 4a state championships is down to its final two teams uh Snow Canyon and Mountain Crest from up there in Cache Valley will play for the championship. Four o'clock today, for, uh, it's a best of three. So game one, four o'clock today. I'm going to zip up there and uh, do the game with Devin and Andy Thompson. Uh, and then the game two, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. If they split those first two games, the if necessary for the best out of three will be about 1.30 tomorrow afternoon. And the cool thing is you can listen to it, yes, for sure. You can listen to it and watch it online, sportsradio977.com. Uh, and you can actually uh, watch the pictures that we describe as prettily as we can uh, as that uh, goes on. 9.20 now on KDXU. In about uh, 13, 14 minutes, we're going to hear from a special guest on the program. Uh, he's going to spend a few minutes uh, talking about the employment crunch. Not that people are unemployed. Uh-uh, that is not the problem right now. The problem is that there are business businesses, a lot of them out there, who can't get employees to fill all their positions. They're having to cut back hours, even close their stores or restaurants because they don't have enough people 
to man the post. So uh, we'll talk with the special guest. Jack is going to join me uh, here in a few minutes. Uh, let's go to the phone line. By the way, if you want to call 673-5890, you want to talk about UFOs, you want to talk about skeeter bugs, you, you want to talk about critical race theory, uh, wide open today on Open Line Friday, 673-5890. And, of course, you can always text me at 435-467-5842, I believe. Oh, and by the way, Allie is under the weather today. In case you're wondering where my call screener is and producer, Allie's not feeling well. So uh, if you call me, I'll put you on hold, probably put you right on the air. So be prepared for that. I have Seth on the line. I know, Seth, you probably missed Allie this morning, didn't you? Yes, she's a delight to talk to. You know that? She is, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's dive into the UFOs. The U.S. Navy is being taunted by them. They're occurring at eye level every day for two years yeah. and just uh, taunt the Navy, come and catch me if you can. It's kind of what it seems like. The videos are becoming clearer and clearer, and these, whatever they are, un- unidentified objects, are doing things that, in to our knowledge of physics, they defy them. They, they're, they're not supposed to be able to do these things. They're in restricted airspace. They're being taunted. They're doing it on purpose. They fly over military um, uh, installations and turn off the nukes, not just here, everywhere. It appears we have no defense. Luckily, they're benevolent, it appears. So far. And we spent trillions of our tax dollars covering it up. Yeah, yeah. Why? Uh, why do you think that is, Seth? Why, why well, I, th- I think they're at the. It's gasping for breath. I think the dollar and the world is collapsing. The borders and what is happening uh, since the first of the year, and so they need us to look at this shiny object over here and forget what the <laughs> what criminals in the business world and government uh-huh. are doing. And uh, I get the feeling that these secrets and the fact that they've called us insane my entire life back to 1947, lying about Roswell and, and denying the fact that there were corpses and machines. And these people are now saying, oh, yeah, we got stuff out of these things. We got ships. We, we got material. We got integrated circuits. We got fiber optics. And who knows what else they got. And it, it is... Uh, it's a secret, and then after we take it apart, then we're going to sell it to you in your telephone. <laughs> so I'm a little irritated that yeah. my tax money, I've been interested in this subject as, as a six- or seven-year-old. I wanted my grandfather, the doctor, to take me to UFO movies and aliens, yeah. and and he, um, I'm sure he didn't find that very entertaining, but he took his grandson to see these things, and and we would have discussions about, you know, what what this could be. But more importantly, I want to meet the drivers. <laughs> could you could you maybe just have one of those drivers come up and and knock on my front door and I'd like to have a little talk with them. Well, at the very least, I will clear space on my show. Whoever whatever guest is on, I'll cancel them if we get one of those available. 
you know, you know, that would be excellent. But I, I, I think currently that this is the biggest story about government, about the military, which I have experience in. They're not really interested in telling us what they know. And I think this report that's coming out in June is going to be a disappointment. Yeah, but probably. I don't think they're going to be able to avoid it in that the people who have been involved are going to step forward. I'd like people this morning to maybe call in and say, look, I've seen these things. I've, I'm aware of these things instead of saying these are lunatics. I, I, I agree with you, Seth, and I'm going to tell a little story here in a minute to, about my own experience. But at, at the risk of losing all credibility whatsoever uh, with this show, I'm actually going to tell a story here in just a minute, Seth. But, well, it's about time that people uh, were not – I mean, you could lose in the military or, or in the airline. You could lose your job forever if you ever mention something. Yeah. No, you could, but but I, I think we're at least we're starting to break that shell a little bit. I mean, if you do a search right now on UFOs, that's all I did a, a couple hours ago. I put UFO in there and video, and all these things came up, and uh, they were not videos from you know from 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 Luther who lives out in in Redneck, Alabama, uh, you know, with with some plastic thing he has on the end of a fishing line. No, these are videos from ship captains and navy pilots and air force pilots and and regular fishermen and things i mean it's it's getting to the point where we need to start taking this pretty seriously so and they like uh water they go 200 they're saying they're going 200 miles an hour underwater underwater mm-hmm. that's impossible <laughs> it, it certainly <laughs> is as far as we know as far as we know yep. once again i want to meet the driver yeah. All right, Seth, i got a couple of people waiting on hold. Thank you for calling today. You bet. Uh, KDXU News Time, it's 926. Let's go to line two. Hey, thanks for calling in today. Appreciate your patience. What's up? Is that me? Oh, uh, yeah, but you know what? Your your voice is a little distorted, so let's have you call right back. I'll get your ride on, okay? All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, again, uh, we... <laughs> We uh, seriously are, are having some phone line issues. Maybe it's maybe it is the aliens messing with our phone lines. No, I, I think we're probably not big time enough for the aliens to actually mess with us. But uh, again, uh, there there are some interesting things going on in the world when it comes to. Uh, and, and let me say this: if if it's not aliens, if there's not another planetary presence. Who's doing those things? Because the videos, the undoctored, I'm telling you, they're undo- they're, these are, there's too many of them. You can't, not all of them have been doctored. Uh, if, if they're not from another world, are they from someone in this world? If they're from China or Russia or North Korea, <laughs> we're in trouble because they're doing things that we can't even approach. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, what's up? Hi, I'm calling back. Is this better? Yes, much better. Thank you. Wonderful. Just as Seth was, Seth was requesting, I was raised with a P-38 fighter pilot, my father, in World mm-hmm. War II. Yeah. He was a photographer as well, aeronautical engineer. He's the most honest man I've ever met. And he had films when he took in the Air Force during World War II of UFOs. For, from seven, 80 years ago. Wow. Yes. Wow. And he... He shared those stories with me. He also gave his um, memorabilia to the museum in Mesa, Arizona. 
I personally have seen a UFO. 1977, across the valley of Salt Lake Valley, standing in a gas station, Provo, Utah, looking across at the Oka Mountains, and saw this huge sphere hovering over the Oka Mountains at an angle, um, I'd say, it was un- unusual because it was at an angle from the mountains. And I looked around and thought, does anybody see this? Saw a few guys and stopped gas pumping. I said, come look over here, look over here. I had three or four guys. We looked across the valley and saw it. It was hovered there for about two to three minutes and then up and then disappeared. So let me and ask, I, let me yeah. ask you this. And, and, and this is why I, I've been quiet about my own experience is do you feel like it could have been anything else? It could have been a weather balloon or a, an airline or a reflection or could it have been something else? Okay, here I'm going to tell a comment to that. We all have been born and as human beings and we all have the same capability of reason, raw intelligence. Mm-hmm. Anybody that poo-poos you or minimizes you or tells you it's this and this and this, why would you give them any credence? Because were they there right with you at that time, at that moment, to even deny it? So don't engage. Don't engage with this simplistic poo-pooing because that's the inferior mouth speaking to you. You know what you saw. You know everything. And you don't have to validate yourself to anyone unless they were right there with you. Awesome. Bottom line. Awesome. But I, I, well said. I, I agree with you. And the, the story about your father, too, and, and being, being the, play, the, uh, the fighter pilot and, and, and stuff, I think helps reinforce what we're talking about here today, too. Thank you for the call. Yes, it does. Don't doubt what you see. Thank okay, you. thank you. Right, Bye-bye. See you later. Hey, thanks for calling today. What's on your mind? Is my voice okay now? Yeah, you sound great. Are you familiar with Skeptic Magazine? No, I have not read Skeptic Magazine. Uh -uh. Well, they came out the day after that 60-minute program and shot down every single item on that program. Okay. Let me just read you one paragraph, okay? Okay. First, we see Go Fast, a video presented as showing an incredibly fast craft Uh skimming low over the ocean. But if you use the very simple trigonometry invited by the numbers on the screen, it turns out to be something far above the surface and moving at a speed that matches the wind at that altitude, making it almost certainly just a balloon. Yet the 60-minute host, the highly respected journalist Bill Redeker, repeated Elizondo's baseless claim that it's fast-moving. And they go on and on and on, and I can Xerox this off and send it to you. Yeah. All right. I'd love to see it. In fact, maybe I'll look at, do they have like a website that, that we can read stuff like that? Skeptic Magazine? Well, you can, yeah, they, I do, they do have a website. I think you can get to it, but uh, uh, what's your email address and I can send it to you? Oh, easy. That's A Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, A Griffin at CherryCreekMedia.com. I'd love to see it. Thank you. How do you spell your name, though? G-R-I-F-F-I-N. Yeah, A. Griffin at Cherry Creek. At where? At CherryCreekMedia.com. Okay, I'll uh, I'll it off and send it to you. Appreciate that. Thanks for the call today, too. Bye. All right. Hey, what's on your mind today? Thank you for calling. Hey, I uh, wanted to comment about um, my, skeptic- my skepticism about UFOs. Uh, I was, I guess you could say, an unbeliever, very... My, in-laws and my family were always talking about UFOs, and I was 
I was one of those poo-pooers, and rolling, you guys are wacky. Yeah, rolling your eyes and everything, right? Until I actually saw one <laughs> in my backyard in wow. Washington County here in Washington off of Exit 13. And wow. so uh, I was out stargazing with uh, my brother-in-law one night watching a meteor shower last year, and uh, something spherical had the appearance of like a mirror mm-hmm. uh, floated across our backyard from at the top of my roof line to the south. And it kind of felt like it was being pulled, like it pointed at something and pulled itself across the sky. And it didn't make a noise. And it was only about 100 yards up. Um, I could see it with the moonlight. And you could see that the way that the light hit it, it wrapped around and bounced around the edges of it, kind of like a, a, a glass ball. And it just floated across the sky for about... 15 seconds, super slow, and I couldn't sleep for two days after that because I was like, I knew I saw it, and my, my brain just stayed on, and I, I didn't know how to analyze it because I was, you know, a big non-believer, and so that was a personal experience I had I just wanted to talk about, and I don't know what it was or what it could be, but it happened, and, you know, it, my, my eyes saw it, my brother-in-law saw it, and we watched it for you know, 15 seconds, just kind of pull itself across the sky. And I don't know what to say else besides that. I've, I've seen one and even yeah. here in Washington city. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Yep. So real quickly, and I've got to get a weather break in and uh, take care of some business. Our guest is here as well. Uh, I, w- I want to share a very quick experience. And like I said, this, I, I could, I could get fired, lose my career, whatever, but I can tell you what I saw. Uh, I used to, uh, I lived in Hurricane. I was working as the sports editor in St. George for the local newspaper, uh, driving home one night, one o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, as, as you head out SR9, you're headed out toward, toward Hurricane. You got the kind of the honkbacks or razor, razorback or whatever they call them, the, the mountains there. Uh, as I'm coming off the freeway on SR9, I kind of round the bend there and there's the razorback to, to the right. And about, uh, I, it was hard to estimate because I don't know how far away they were, but, and, it, and it was dark, but there were three lights uh, relatively close together up in the air. It looked like to me they were maybe 300 yards above the Razorback, and they were just sitting there floating, these three lights, and uh, I thought, well, that's very strange. I wonder what that is, some balloons or something? I, I didn't know what it was. And then uh, within about 10 seconds of me spotting them, they separated. They went three different directions. One went left, one went right, one went straight up. As so fast, I could barely perceive how fast they were going, and poof, they were gone. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I to this day, I cannot explain what it was. And that's the whole. I, I think the whole gist of unidentified flying objects or uh, unidentified objects altogether. Maybe it's explainable with what we know of science. Maybe it was a reflection. I don't, it wasn't a reflection. I can tell you that right now, but. but all I know is I saw it. It actually happened. The lights did what I saw them do. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what it was. That's the definition of right now of an unidentified flying objects. We're, 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 we're interactive at the Andy Griffin Show. Call in now at six seven three five eight nine zero. Text in at four three five four six seven five eight four two. Email at a griffin at cherrycreekmedia dot com. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin Show. 
And we would love to hear from you. You heard the numbers there. 673-5890 is the main one if you want to talk on the program. I'm joined now by Jack Lancaster. Jackie, thanks for coming to the show, man. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Thank you. Um, Jack is a local business owner. I don't know. I mean, it's okay to say your business, right? Or would you rather not? Uh, it's a restaurant. Let's just leave it okay. there. Local, it is a restaurant, though. Local business owner who owns a restaurant. Uh we are running into something that I don't think anybody saw coming. And maybe you did, but I didn't see it coming. And uh, what we're running into is we're running into uh, a shortage of employees. Now, you say, wait a minute. I thought we unemployment was high around the country. Well, unemployment is, is relatively high in the country and relatively low right here in St. George. In fact, the last number I heard was 2.9%, which in essence is fully employed right. here in, in uh, right. southern Utah. Uh, so we have employees. And I've seen there have been posts all over facebook and all over twitter hey we're gonna have to close early today we don't have people to cover shifts mm-hmm. and things like that i mean yeah. a, a common businesses here in the area said we don't have people to take care of business you have a business here are you running into that as well yes well we haven't had to do the closure but we had to have we we have had to limit our menu options wow uh so that uh there's two items in our menu in fact we're, we we lost another cook the other day to somebody else so um, now we're going to have to probably cut back the menu again so that these two items, uh, it's called, it's a sandwich called a torta and a, and a platter. They take longer to make. And so it slows the whole kitchen down, yeah. especially with fewer cooks. And then I, then, then it's optimal. That's so, crazy. um, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically your business is being hurt by the yes. fact that you can't get enough people to, yes. to help. Yes. And, you know, in St. George, we've had this uh, employment crunch. Uh, for years, mm-hmm. actually the last two or three years. And uh, my wife and I have decided we, we were going to open a second restaurant, but we never did because we weren't confident we could get the employees to run it because we keep wow. uh, filling a lot of our sh- uh, shifts ourselves anyway. Um, so, but and, and, and recently, that's, one the, that's one of the things with a business owner. If you own a business and you can't get enough employees, who has to do the work? Oh, you do. You do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's your business. It's your baby. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do it. Mm. Um, so... Uh, this latest round, and it kind of started in first of the year-ish, uh, all of a sudden it felt like, you know, I didn't notice it for me because it's always been tight for me. But when we went to this uh, uh, burger place and it didn't open for lunch, not till 3, wow. I'm like, what the heck? And it's a chain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should mention names, but uh, Red Robin. They yeah. don't open till 3 because they don't have staff. Hash House of Go-Go. They're yeah. not open for dinner. Yeah. They don't have staff. How can you not be open for dinner yeah. in your restaurant? Yeah. But they don't have people to come Well, up. I think they're open on the weekends, Friday and Saturday for dinner, yeah. but during the week they're not. Um, I think they close, they open breakfast and lunch. Um, I know some of the other fast food chains are closing early. I heard the Denny's doesn't open overnights. That The overnight shifts are really, really difficult to, to cover right now. Now, now you know me, Jack. Uh, I... I, I like to be an answer guy. I, mm-hmm. I, I would talk about the problem, but I then like to see if we can figure out an answer to the problem. This one has me perplexed a little bit. What can we do about this? What can we do? I don't know. I mean, the, the only options I have are to raise my wages, and then I have to raise my prices so that I can attract more people. Uh-oh. That's my option. Okay. Now, I've been, I've been really not trying to do that. I've, I've actually given my employees a bump, so I'm not... I haven't raised my wage, my prices yet. That's probably coming. Uh, but I do know of other operators that have, have given their employees bumps and, and immediately raised their prices. So the the crunch gets you. You mm-hmm. have to raise your prices right. because you can't lose money or you'd be out of business. Right. You have to raise your prices for us. Uh-huh. 
and you and and, and then the buying power else, is diminished yeah, across the board. Our yeah. little stimulus check yeah. of fourteen hundred dollars goes really fast mm-hmm. when we have a paying twice you know twice as much for a hamburger right. or something. So and so the 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 popular the popular explanation as to why this crunch is is because Congress has extended the unemployment. For so long, that's for so pretty, much yeah, money. That's pretty popular. You'll hear that and, all the time. And, uh, in fact, the Chamber of Commerce came out against uh, our local one, and the National Chamber of Commerce said Congress knock, you know, cut it off now. Because there's, uh, what was our job growth on the last report? Like 200,000 jobs or something like that? Yeah. And, but there's like 4 million jobs available, which right. doesn't seem, you know, if, if there's so many jobs available, why isn't any more people picking up these jobs? Because, you know, because I can make more staying. Well, home. it's hard to compete with Santa Claus. That's right. You know, that's right. And and it's not fair. You know, I'm I'm paying so that other people can sit at home. I was about to say something else. <laughs> I know what I know what you were going to say, but let's not say that. Uh, and the other thing is, you also aren't you on a hook as a business owner paying into the whole unemployment thing anyway? Well, this ultimately costs tax revenue. If you want to look at it from the point of view, because you know, if you're not if you're not working. Then you're not paying into the system. True, right? You're not paying your employment. You're not paying your taxes. The employer is not paying his taxes into the system. The, the state's losing on sales tax because all these uh, those diminished hours and diminished capacities for all these restaurants around the area, and not just restaurants. I mean, I'm seeing help wanted signs. In fact, I was talking to or listening to a podcast yesterday. This is the trucking industry, mm. the food packing industry, and they're worried that there's going to be a food shortage soon because. If if food packing industry can't keep can't keep labor, then uh, what's that going to do to the rest of us? I mean, this could get really scary in a hurry. Yeah, and and, and if you're wondering about the gas shortage in the east, well, yeah, part of it was because the pipeline got shut down because of hackers. Part of it is because truckers they can't get enough truckers to deliver the gas. It's mm-hmm. sitting there in refineries, yeah. waiting to be delivered, yeah. and they can't get enough people right. to deliver it. And one one other thing I wanted to throw in here, uh, Jack, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, my kids have always grown up, they, when they got 16, sometimes earlier, you know, my, my one son was so ambitious, he got a job at 14, uh, uh, but they've always grown up working. Mm-hmm. They, they go to work, you know, two, three nights a week. They work after school, uh, sometimes on weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, my wife and I always felt that was important. Get yeah. them out there, teach them a work ethic, make them understand that, you know, if they come to me and say, hey, Dad, I want a new pair of jeans, I'm like, well, go buy one. What do you mean go buy one? You're the dad, you buy it. no. Uh, you're the kid. If you want a new pair, you have. I provided for you, you know, five really good pairs of pants for you mm-hmm. to wear. Uh, if those aren't good enough and you want a different new whatever pair of jeans, go buy it yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one or two of my kids didn't like that rule, mm-hmm. but that, that was the rule. Uh, but I've always had my kids go out and get jobs. And I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. This is All I'm saying is they went out and got jobs and it was important. They were most of the time low paying jobs, but they were jobs that got them in the workforce and they eventually made more money. My daughter right now has her circle of friends, might let's say eight people. Uh, there, one other kid in that entire group has a job. The rest of them, if they need money, they go, hey, mom, can I have some money? And How old are they? $20, 16, 17, 18 yeah. years old. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, well, I hire a lot of high school kids. In mm-hmm. fact, my two daughters that are graduating high school uh, t- this week uh, work for me uh, two or three nights a week, and they'll work more come summer. Uh, and it's exactly the same thing. Dad, I need money. Okay, pick up a shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's not a problem. But you, the, the point is, is actually the high school kids I, I like working for me. I mean, you got to train them. You got to spend a little time training them and doing that. But then you get you get good work out of them. It's yeah. these twenty and thirty somethings, and maybe it's the fact that I'm not a career 
you know, if you're gonna if you're in your 30s and you're and you're willing to wash dishes, maybe there's other issues. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm I'm grateful to have you. But the problem is these folks are kind of unstable a lot of times, and right. they're difficult. It's difficult for them. They've got other issues. I mean, there's there's certainly a, a addictions going on. There's certainly emotional problems going on, and it's it's difficult. And and when you have the low unemployment at this low of a rate, uh, the folks that aren't employed, there's a good reason they're not. You know, and and. Uh, and it, but it makes it difficult because we're we're trying to run a business, we're trying to serve serve a product to the community that the community wants and desires, and uh, and and we love what we do. Uh, it's just kind of difficult to um, to do that when you have to go on limited hours or you have to go on limited uh, menu items or options, and yeah. and and then raise prices when when sometimes people already think I'm too too expensive anyway. So yeah, it's tough. All right, but more with Jack in a minute. We want to revisit maybe some of the unidentified things that are out there. If 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 Jack doesn't mind, I don't think he might. Not at all. And uh, we'll talk more about employment. I'm a believer. If, <laughs> we'll talk more about employment too, uh, and what we can do to to get people to get out there and and actually work. Uh, but I do want to uh, think, speaking of working, I, I need to work a little bit and make sure I take care of my sponsors. One of them is Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant, 25-plus years now in southern Utah serving you. And when I say serving you, I really mean it. He's not a guy who, uh, you know, who's going to call you last minute so you need to sign papers, your loan is ready. No, he's the kind of guy that tells you each step of the way what's happening with your loan so that there are no surprises. His name is Joe Shoney. He works for American or New American Funding. And uh, Joe would love to help you out. The reviews are in 4.96 out of 5 stars. Phenomenal reviews for Joe Shoney, over 500 of them. Uh, Give him a call today, 435-590-6300. We'll be right back. This is America for crying out loud. Traditional, conservative, capitalistic. Let's band together and melt the snowflakes on The Andy Griffin Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 890, 94.9. KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Every time I hear that commercial, I think about my son going, uh, Hey, Dad, you're going to get in trouble. Somebody's going to complain about that. Don't don't ever change that. (laughs) That That's the best. Melt the snowflakes. All right, uh, with Jack Lancaster, we're talking employment. We're talking UFOs. We're talking. Well, let's. It's open line Friday, so let's see what you want to talk about. Hey, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Sure. Good morning. Good morning. You know, there's uh, the issue with the um, uh, the kids not the the appearance that the kids don't want to work. Uh, I think we just don't give the kids enough credit. They're smart enough to know that uh, the government has created this moral hazard. And, uh, you know, the unemployment benefit, if you recall, a year ago, it was $600 a week in addition to what the state provided. We have created a uh, situation where it doesn't pay to work anymore. Why in the world would somebody go to work for $9, $10 an hour uh, when they can't afford to live in the community anyway? You know, we've talked about this before, Andy. Uh, You know, no one can afford to rent here. You can't buy, so you have to live with your parents. And, of course, they're going to help you (laughs) along the way. But we have destroyed a generation of youth because we've given them free money. And so you give them a choice. If you could make 90% of what you could make at work, and stay home and have all of your time to yourself. You know, it's not a matter of talking about morals and ethics. We, we left that back years ago when the government started giving away free stuff. And so how do you fix this? I, I don't think you do fix this unless you're going to start paying people $40 an hour 
to uh, go to work and then nobody can afford well we can't afford it now but uh, we've destroyed our economy yeah and this is because of government intervention look at the businesses who have gotten millions and millions of dollars to keep their doors open as long as they spent the money the government the way the government said to spend them and mm-hmm. look at look at the, the state we just got one and a half billion dollars billion dollars and cox didn't send a bag oh no well you know we've destroyed our economy and we're all scratching our head well why won't kids work because Mm -hmm. we've completely and utterly upended our economy sounds like socialism yeah excellent excellent you know and there is a simple fix but it'll i don't think nobody's got the political will to do it let's just cut it cut it off just just shut it down yeah uh let people get hungry i mean that sounds harsh but Hunger is a great motivator to figure out what's wrong with your life. Mm. I mean, I, it happened to me in my 20s, you know. It's like, Ran what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm out of money, and I can't go to my parents anymore because they were at the time they were broke. Yeah. I had to depend on myself, and that was a huge motivator. Yeah, for sure. All right, line two. Hey, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hey, Andy. Hey, what's Can up? You hear me? Yeah. Hey, uh, I know you guys are talking about employment, but the one thing I wanted to bring up since we're talking about business owners is I don't know if anyone noticed what the Chamber of Commerce of St. George sent out uh, one to two weeks ago about having a luncheon on diversity and inclusion. Yeah, I skipped that one on purpose, actually. Yeah, What was that? I skipped that one on purpose, actually. Well, you know, I find it really interesting that our Chamber of Commerce is focused on diversity and inclusion. And I don't know one business owner in St. George that, number one, wants to chase away any employee right now in this market. Right. We're fighting to keep everyone employed. But, two, the last thing a business owner wants to worry about is what everyone's personal viewpoint is when they come to work. They're, come, they're coming to work to fill a role, to fill a purpose mm-hmm. within that mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. And the Chamber of Commerce wants to work on elevating the diverse voices and making sure we're included. What? And have you noticed the national talking point? All of a sudden, everybody's talking about diversity and inclusion. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went to the Chamber of Commerce and directly asked them that, and they totally avoided the question, oh, come to the lunch and let's talk about it. They don't want to address the fact that they're not really helping the businesses in St. George because the last thing I care about is diversity and inclusion. I want to know about how do I keep people employed? How do I find good people to employ? And two, and the three, the biggest problem we're having right now in St. George is sourcing material for construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How yeah. do we source be- materials? Yeah. You know, there's, we're going to talk about diversity the, and inclusion. The, 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 the disconnect of, the, of some of these people is astonishing, you know, and, and diversity and inclusion takes a, a, a backseat. I mean, that's a, that's a discussion you can have if there's a problem. And you know what? There's not a problem. I'll tell you that right now. You know, we hire, I'm a white guy, my wife's Mexican, you know. We have a very diverse workforce. Who cares? I don't care who comes through my door. If they want to eat, I feed them. I don't care what people's politics are. If they're hungry, I feed them. I don't care what color their skin is or what they believe or or what their sexual orientation is. If they want a job, I'll put them to work. It does not matter. Okay? And that's to me, that's capitalism at its finest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There there is no diversity in the workplace. And what I mean by that is... Uh, if that person, whether they're black or green or purple, whether they're uh, gay or straight or, or trans, whatever, if you come to my job that I'm paying you to do and you come and do your job, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's do your job, that fill, that, fill that role, uh, do, do what you can do, and I'll pay you. 
and I don't, I don't, I always keep up my end of the bargain. I have people quit on me with zero notice every every week. Somebody leaves without notice, mm. but I still pay them. Yeah, because hey, I, that's that's my end of the bargain, and I keep it. How many times have you held back someone's paycheck because they were gay, Jack? I, I've I've had several gay people work for me. You ever held back their paycheck Never. because of that? Never. In because fact, because the, they were Mexican or African American, you held no, back their paycheck. No, no. My, my best that's cook ridiculous. Was, was African. He wasn't African American. He was African. Yeah, he was my best cook, and yeah. I lost him to construction. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, the, the, it's it's ludicrous to think that. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the whole bottom line thing, Jack. If you want to survive, you don't do stupid. I don't stuff know. Like that. I don't know. You know, I, did, I I wasn't aware of the Chamber of Commerce doing that, but I, that's that's such uh, that's such a red herring. I I I, I don't know. It, it's a disconnect, and I can't understand it. Maybe it speaks more to where these people's minds are. I, I don't know. It, it, that's uh, I, I I'm at a loss for words. I'm I'm truly uh, you know I've always been this way merit based achievement. And it doesn't matter what color you are or who you are or whatever. If you can achieve the goals, if you come and do what I've asked you to do, uh, then I don't, I don't care about the, anything else. The beautiful thing is my wife is a first-generation Mexican-American. She became a citizen uh, two years ago, and now she's a successful business entrepreneur. And that's what can happen, and she did it in 10 years. Awesome. Jack, we're out of time. Thanks for Thanks, coming man. today. Great to talk to you. We'll talk to everybody on Monday.